Usually when you're hiring a second in command, it's about the 30 employee mark. It's in that 30 to 100 stage that you tend to hire the real second in command because you don't have enough time to grow your people. You don't have enough time to recruit other great people. You don't have a lot enough time to do any deep dives into business areas to see what's happening or test your hypotheses. You don't have enough time to work in your areas of unique ability. So that's really when you need the real COO. Prior to that, you need an executive assistant. Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Today, we have a recast of a discussion between myself and the insightful Bobby Richards. We dive into an often overlooked aspect of the business world, the multifaceted role of a chief operations officer, COO. Join us as we unravel the mysteries surrounding this crucial position that many people may not fully grasp. Our conversation explores the unique responsibilities shouldered by a COO, acting as the driving force behind tasks and elements that CEOs may find challenging or less interested in. Together, Bobby and I shed light on the pivotal moment in a company's growth journey, specifically when it reaches the 30, 100 employee range. It is at this juncture that the presence of a COO becomes indispensable for maintaining efficient day-to-day operations. You'll gain valuable insights as I share my expertise, highlighting the critical considerations involved in the COO hiring process. From introspective CEO evaluations to aligning a candidate's behavioral traits and values with the company's vision, we leave no stone unturned. Prepare to expand your understanding of the business landscape as we explore the pivotal role played by chief operations officers. Get ready to be inspired. Cameron, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. We're excited to have you. Hey, JJ, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. When this podcast comes out, your book will be released. It's called The Second in Command, Unleash the Power of Your COO. And I wanted to just start out with, I think there are a lot of people who don't fully know what a COO does or who a COO is. So explain to me, even sharing with me, what is a COO in a company? Yeah, and that's actually why I called the book The Second in Command, because the COO is one title, but there's many different titles that a second in command could have. So it's really the person who would be running the business for the entrepreneur or for the CEO if they were sick for six months. Who would who would be the de facto second in command that you would turn to to run the business for you? Or who is kind of your yin and yang, right? Which is why I even put the yin and yang on the cover of the book. Who is the, is the kind of balance to the CEO? So who's your other half? Um, But it it could be a director of operations. It could be a VP of operations. It could be a general manager. It could be a a president or it could be a COO. Or it could even be someone like a CFO who's really the second in command or a chief marketing officer who's the second in command. But it's really who's that one person that the CEO would turn to for the most implicit trust, for the most maybe operational sides of the business that would be running for them and really is their better half. And do do they end up taking a lot of kind of the day-to-day over from the entrepreneur and the person who founded the business and started the business? Great question. They take over the stuff that the entrepreneur sucks at, and they take over (laughs) the stuff that the entrepreneur, you know, doesn't like to do. 
So in some cases, they take the operational, but in some cases, the CEO might like operations. In some cases, they take over all the marketing. In some cases, the CEO likes marketing. So it's a very unique role. So as an example, we've got a couple hundred members in our COO alliance from about 17 different countries. And in some cases, the COOs run finance. Some don't. Some run IT. Some don't. Some, so it really depends on the balance, the balance of what the CEO loves to do and what they're really good at as well. I love that because there are so many of our listeners who are business owners and who are entrepreneurs, and they're in the process of scaling their business. So, you know, many of them started out just as a one person operation, and they've been able to grow their business to five, 10, 15 employees, and even more. And they're getting to the point of where they need to bring somebody in that can help them scale. And that's exactly why you wrote this book. It's really for those entrepreneurs and for those business owners to say, all right, when do you need to bring in a second command? Who are you looking for? How do you bring in a second command? And then how do you work with them? And you didn't just come to this out of thin air. You actually helped scale multiple businesses, including 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You were the COO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK and were there when it grew from 3 million to 106 million. (laughs) So, and that's just one of the businesses that you helped scale. So the wisdom that you bring to this book really comes from just a very very practical place. You mentioned kind of the 10, 12, 15 employees. Usually when you're hiring a second in command, it's about the 30 employee mark. Ah. And the reason, so I've noticed that everything changes at the ones and the threes, one employee to three, three employees to 10, 10 to 30, 30 to hundred. Okay. When you get to 10 employees, you usually have one manager who's managing a bunch of people for you. So you kind of have one direct report. When you have 30 employees, you probably have your first management team, four or five people managing a bunch of people, and you're managing the management team. When you get to 100 employees, you've got a leadership team of really solid seasoned execs. It's in that 30 to 100 stage that you tend to hire the real second in command because you don't have enough time to grow your people. You don't have enough time to recruit other great people. You don't have a lot enough time to do any deep dives into business areas to see what's happening or test your hypotheses. You don't have enough time to work in your areas of unique ability. So that's really when you need the real COO. Prior to that, you need an executive assistant, right? If you don't have an executive assistant, you are one. So you need to hire the EA in the early stage and probably a couple of people that are really great at project management and time management can do a lot of stuff, but aren't necessarily domain experts. But really that first true second in command, that true COO or VP of operations tends to happen in the 30 to 100. So let's just dive into some questions that I have. These are personal questions I have. You're going to start coaching me here a little bit. So so I let's say I'm a business owner and I have about 30 employees. What is one mistake that I would make in looking for a COO, a right-hand person? What's a mistake I should avoid? Right away wanting to go hire somebody who was a COO somewhere else and saying, can you, can you be mine? <laughs> yes. It, okay. it amazes me. I've had so many people come to me and say, would you be my COO? I'm like, you don't know anything about my actual skills. You don't really know my behavioral traits. I have no idea what your company core values are or who you are. I have no idea if we're going to be a fit. That's kind of like going on one blind date and saying, will you marry me? You just don't know enough information about the person to say that. So the second thing is, is the CEO or the entrepreneur 
not thinking enough about themselves and about what they're good at and what they suck at, about what feeds them with energy and what drains them of energy, of what buckets they want somebody else to run for them, and then finding somebody who's really good at those areas and doesn't want to manage the areas the CEO wants to. So it's almost that self-examination that you have to start with before just going out and hiring, oh, you were a COO, great, be mine. I think that's so huge. And I know that I've watched multiple companies make that same exact mistake mm -hmm. because it's like, well, I need somebody who is a good, you know, what say factory floor manager, essentially, like somebody who comes in and works at the details and does the day to day. And yet the business owner wants to be involved in the day to day. And really what they don't want to be involved with is some of the marketing and some of that other side of things. So they hire somebody who's doing the day to day. And the reality is the entrepreneur wants to do the day to day and they end up conflicting with each other and the person is gone within three months. So just because someone played the role before, you need to know the kind of company they were in. You also need to know the stage of growth they were at. I was a fantastic COO for 1-800-GOT-JUNK from 2 million to 106 million. Their current COO, Eric, has been there for about 10 years now, has been a fantastic COO. They actually went down to 70 million when they replaced me with the former president of Starbucks. Company dropped from 106 million down to 70. Eric came in at about 70 and has grown it to 450 million. But Eric was a fantastic COO from 70 to, 100, to 450 million. He would have been horrible in the first six years when I was there because he didn't have the skills to do what needed to be done in that era, just like I would have been horrible at his. So even though we were both COOs for the same company, there's a time period that we were good for, right? I needed to understand franchising, how to start a franchise company from scratch, how to do the marketing budgets, marketing collateral, marketing calendars, hire the PR team, hire the coaching team, set up a leadership program, set up a franchise program, set up a franchise training program. Well, now all those things are set up. Eric needs to know how to leverage them and deal with the politics and deal with the people, stuff I'm not good at. So again, it's a very kind of unique process that you have to go through in finding that perfect fit. I'm loving this because I think this frees up people a lot when they're looking for this next spot is first starting with that self-examination mm -hmm. and going, what are the parts I want to keep doing and I'm good at? And really, in many ways, the company needs me to do as a CEO and entrepreneur. If I'm good at this and I, I want to keep doing it, I need to have some self-examination and identify what are the things I'm good at, what does the company need to do, and who do I need to bring in second in command that can do the other things. So that's self-examination and then identifying somebody who has gifts in those areas and also who has experience in the same kind of stage of business growth that I am in that can help me go from, say, 10 million to 100 million or 5 million to 20. And you know what also happens around that 30 to the 100 stage as well is often when you think you need the COO, what you might really need is a chief marketing officer. Because mm. maybe most of the stuff you need to get off your place is marketing. Well, that's a CMO. Or maybe most of the stuff that has to come off your plate is operational. Well, it could just be like a VP of ops, but you don't want them running the rest of the business. So sometimes the first few key hires are domain experts. And then all of a sudden you end up with a leadership team of people. That tends to be when you need the real COO is someone to come in and manage the rest of the leaders. So you found a right-hand person and you brought them in. What are some things that you would say to CEOs that they can do to really empower that second-in-command to be able to do the job you need them to do? 
Well, one is to really build a strong relationship with them so that you have a high degree of trust and a high degree of communication so that you can stay on and, and uh, the same page and you can have good debate. The second is to really shine a light on them. The CEO has to really make the COO look good inside of the company, just as the COO has to shine the spotlight on the CEO to make them iconic inside the company. Another thing the CEO has to do is stay out of the COO's way to not meddle in those areas that you used to run. Just because you used to run that area or just because you started the company doesn't mean you get to jump over him and, or her and dive into those areas without running it as a proper skip level meeting. Right? So I talk about some systems to be able to do some of the domain deep dives, but not really you know, do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing because you're in somebody else's area. Sometimes when I've been second in command, I actually see myself as the spotlight instead of being in the spotlight, mm. right? You're the person who really shines the light on other people in the organization, in the roles that I've played anyway yep. as second in command, is I'm shining the light on other people in the organization. And I'm, my job is also to shine the light on the CEO and the president yep. to really elevate them. And I think that if you find yourself in a position where you're competing with your COO or your second in command, that's probably a red flag flag. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's a red flag because there's either some insecurity that you have, or there's something you're not being fulfilled with, or so it, that's time to step aside with the COO and really get back on the same page and build the relationship and build the trust. You know, the leader's core job is to grow people, not to hold them accountable, not to manage them, not to herd cats. The leader has to show up every day focused on growing the skill set and the confidence of their people. If they do that, the company scales. But so often leaders are so myopic and so focused on the business area they're running or the stuff that they're really good at, they forget that their core job is to grow people. So what I like to do is flip the org chart upside down where the CEO and the COO are at the bottom of the org chart, supporting the VPs and supporting the managers and supporting the employees who are supporting the customers, right? It's an upside down pyramid. And if you think about it and visualize it that way, you realize investing in your leaders and investing in their growth and giving them the skills, it's almost irresponsible not to do it. Yeah. And you actually created a course to help people do this called Invest in Your Leaders. And you are giving RBMS listeners a, a nice little bonus, a little gift. If anybody listening goes to investinyourleaders.com and uses the promo code BMS10, you're going to get a 10% off of Cameron's Invest in Your Leaders course. So you can go to investinyourleaders.com, use the promo code BMS10, and you can even get more wisdom from Cameron on how to invest in your leaders in your company and uh, really grow your people. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for being with us today. Your book brings together so much wisdom and so much great and practical advice. And so for anybody out there who is at that spot where your company is growing and you're looking to bring in a second in command, or you're really looking at maybe even taking it to the next level and bringing in somebody else, go and get his book. You will not regret it. It is called The Second in Command, Unleash the Power of Your COO. Cameron, thank you so much. This has been a just uh, in some ways, even a healing conversation for me. So I appreciate it. And I know that all of our listeners are going to get a ton out of it. So thank you so much. Thanks, JJ. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder, Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our other podcast streaming platforms. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, 
visit coalliance.com.